This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Superhero T-shirt week continues with the granddaddy of them all. The last son of Krypton. Hope you had a great Monday. Welcome back here on a Tuesday. I'm Steve Dace. Totters and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. You can uh, let us know if you're here with us. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And if you are looking for uncensored and unfiltered clips of the program for free, uh, you're going to find them over at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. That's also where you will find uh, we kept our word. We have broken out yesterday's uh, data heavy segment on where things stand, both in terms of vaccination rates and also with COVID. You do not want to miss any of that because COVID stand is back. We told you they'd come back. They're back. But we should be better prepared to push back on this than we were over the course of the last year, especially with information like you're going to find at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Coming up on the show here today at uh, the bottom of the hour, the one and only Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire will be joining us to discuss his new best-selling book about the freedom of speech, or lack thereof. Next hour, we're going to have a, a thought exercise for fake news or not. I'm going to walk you through how we need to read and dissect news in this day and age. And this was a joint effort. It was something uh, I walked through in real time uh, before, uh, before I got on a plane Sunday morning with members of this audience on Twitter We're going to walk you through that process step by step. Do not put yourself in a situation where, hey, you guys trust us, so you just kind of let us tell you what the news is. Don't do that. Don't do that. Nobody's that trustworthy. You know, I I was sitting in a hotel in Michigan Saturday night after I got done speaking. I'm flipping channels and Almost Famous is on. I had not seen that movie in years. And I stumbled upon the part where Philip Seymour Hoffman's character says to the kid, they made you feel cool, didn't they? I know you, and you're not cool. You know that scene I'm talking about? It's a great scene, right? Likewise, don't let us make you feel like we are impervious to bias or mistakes, completely and totally trustworthy. I know all three of us. We're not that trustworthy. Fair? No one is. No one is, okay? That's why we want to teach you how you can even vet us and vet all the news that you are being fed Nowadays, that's what self-government is about. We take this responsibility upon ourselves. So we're going to walk that or walk you through that coming up next hour with fake news or not. Make sure you're paying attention to that. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday, we're going to discuss what's going on in college football, but not from a competitive or athletic standpoint. 
we're going to discuss how this story of what's happening in college football is a real-time demonstration of the systemic collapse of the American worldview on really every side of the culture war. Everybody's worldview has failed. Every worldview has failed. Whether it's based on tradition and legacy on the right or uh, egalitarian agency on the left, everybody's worldview failed because every worldview on this planet will fail if it's not tethered and attached to the creator of the planets. If it's, it doesn't matter from what side of the aisle it comes, eventually we can't restrain human nature. Eventually, every belief system that doesn't begin with its accountability to the most powerful force in the cosmos will end up breaking everything. And that's what you're watching right now in college football. We will discuss that coming up at the end of the program as well. One of the things that got discussed quite a bit when I was uh, speaking in Michigan over the weekend, people commenting on my glasses. A lot of people liked uh, the new glasses from our friends over at Better Spectacles. And they're now offering these authentic German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear. That's what I'm wearing right now. And I'm not even actually wearing what I wear around town. That's another pair. I'm wearing these. Have Is it called the blue light, right, Aaron? Right? Yep. To protect your eyes, the blue blockers, right? Uh, these are German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear available now for the first time here in the U.S., a 144-year-old company considered the world's gold standard with over 500 patents and their expert opticians. They also specialize in difficult prescriptions like mine. For example, I'm, uh, I'm this is the one area where I'm a bit of a progressive I'm a little nearsighted, a little farsighted, all right? So they can handle just your standard script or your more contrarian problematic one right now. And they're offering you uh, 61% off uh, their GoSpec lenses to get you started as an introductory offer. 61% off plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. When you visit betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Again, that is betterspectacles.com slash Steve. And now, without further ado, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Singing a Little Louder. Some blue checkmark named Dan Hodges tweet the anti-vaxxers have had their fun. They're now engaged in open incitement to murder. It's time for arrests, prosecutions, and serious jail time. Here's New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. We have to get in those communities, and we have to knock on those doors, and we have to convince people and put them in a car and drive them and get that vaccine in their arm. And here's California Governor Gavin Newsom after the state mandated vaccination for all state workers or else mandatory testing. You don't have a choice to go out and drink and drive and put everybody else's lives at risk. That's the equivalent. Look, we don't even have to have that debate if we can just get everybody vaccinated that's not vaccinated, that's refusing to get vaccinated, that's living uh, vaccine free and impacting the rest of us. It's like drunk drivers. You don't have the right to go out and drink and drive and put everybody else at risk, including your own life at risk. On CNN, former Planned Parenthood boss turned medical analyst Dr. Leanna Wynn says, I think it's really important that vaccinated people stop thinking that we're fully protected. We're very well protected. 
but as long as there are people around us who are continuing to spread COVID-19, that's actually making us less safe. And I also think that the idea of all of us going back to wearing masks again, a lot of people don't want to hear that, but we should actually not see this as failure of the vaccine. We should see it as the failure of individuals to make the responsible choice. Learning German today, today's phrase is the state must act as the guardian of a millennial future in the face of which the wishes and the selfishness of the individual must appear as nothing. It must put the most modern medical means in the service of this knowledge. Der Staat muss als Hüter einer tausendjährigen Zukunft agieren, vor der die Wünsche und der Egoismus des Einzelnen als nichts erscheinen dürfen. Utah Senator Mike Lee made a hostage video because apparently he's a pansy now too. As we make strides to beat the pandemic, let me share with you why I chose to get the COVID vaccine. I'll remind you, Lee not only had COVID last year, but as you just heard, he got the vaccine as well. A new study published at Cell.com finds natural immunity seems to be quite durable as one would expect for COVID-19. That same paper also found that COVID vaccines do virtually nothing to help develop T-cell immunity or the longer-lasting variety of immunity. Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich has tested positive for covid despite being fully vaccinated against the virus. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson and an Arkansas state vaccine official were heckled during a town hall on the topic of COVID vaccines and infertility issues. You know, does this impact fertility? Well, the answer is no, and that's been the data, but they... Dr. Dillahay, do you want to answer that? So at this point in time, there is no evidence that the COVID... At the White House, PBS News correspondent Yamishi Alcindor implored the White House to pressure the CDC into reinstating mask recommendations. Can you talk a bit about whether or not he's concerned at all that the CDC might be taking too long to issue new mask mandates or even vaccine mandates now that we see cities like New York issuing vaccine mandates? Moving on, some of the largest social media companies in America, Facebook, Twitter, Microsoft, YouTube, and others will now add content to a shared quote-unquote, counterterrorism database aimed to crack down on material from, quote, white supremacists and far-right militias. One of the largest web-based payment processors in the country, PayPal, announced recently it's teaming up with the Anti-Defamation League, that's a racist group, on, quote-unquote, research into funding for so-called extremist groups. In Minnesota, this fourth grader in the Sartell St. Stephen's School District called out the school for making her take a so-called equity survey Listen to what she says the teachers told her not to do. One question asked us what gender file we identified with. I was very confused along with a lot of other classmates. A boy in my class asked my teacher if his mom could explain the question to him because even after the teacher explained it, he still didn't understand it. My teacher told him that he was not allowed to ask his mom and that we could not repeat any of the questions to his aunt. AOC, your thoughts? Why don't you want our schools to teach anti-racism. Why don't Republicans 
want their kids to know the tradition of anti-racism in the United States. In completely unrelated news, former U.S. Senator Barbara Boxer was assaulted and robbed while walking on the streets of Oakland, California this weekend. And finally, this headline from the Babylon Bee, founding fathers strapped down in graves to prevent further spinning. And that's what happened while we were away. All right, let's get right to some of the things in Aaron's montage here today. Uh, First and foremost, I want to address Mike Lee. And anybody else like him or thinking like him, like, say, my friend Ted Cruz or anybody else who's got some consultant or somebody in their staff telling them that they need to make this kind of a video. Don't. It's not worth your time. It won't matter. Donald Trump's far more popular with our people than any of you are. And when it comes to the vaccines, our people don't care what he thinks either. This is a very simple process for all of you. You're not our leaders, you're legislators. Just go there and do your damn job. Shut the F up. Do what we tell you to do. All of you. Including Mike Lee. No one in America was sitting around, and I mean no one. There is not a there is not a soul in America sitting around that was thinking to themselves, you know what? Hot damn, I, I didn't know if I was going to inject the experimental substances into my body, but you know, I saw this video from Mike Lee who told me that he had COVID, but still got it. Uh, and and now I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? I, I'm just off the fence. I'm heading to Walmart. No, that that person doesn't exist. We're not stupid. We have unanswered questions, Mike. We're not fools. Get us the damn answers! Why the constant ignoring of natural immunity? Despite all the data in the world that shows it's superior. All of it. In fact, Mike, can I call you that? I'd kind of like to call you something else right now, but I'll stick with Mike. How do you like them apples? Here's how this whole biology thing works. Okay? What happens when you've had an infection and your body has successfully fought it off? You have what is called antibodies, Mike. Your body maintains these antibodies at a high level for a certain determinate period of time in your bloodstream in order for that infection to not return. Now, there will come a period of time, Mike. I don't know, maybe they didn't teach you this stuff at your fancy law school, okay? There will come a period of time, Mike, when your antibodies will not be as prevalent in your system any longer. That doesn't mean that you're suddenly vulnerable. It just means that if your body maintain a level of seroprevalence of antibodies at a a high alert level, every time you were exposed and recovered from an infection, you would look like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. So God, Mike, remember him? Remember that guy, your creator, dude. Remember him? Yeah, Mike, that guy. 
Um, uh, he put in your body like a cloud system for immunity. It's called cellular immunity or T-cell immunity. And it's a little bit more complicated than what I'm about to describe, but since I didn't go to your fancy law school and just went to you know the government schools you guys don't do a damn thing about, I've got to make it dumber. But apparently not just for me, also you. So the way it works is your body essentially retains cellular memory of an infection. That if indeed it recognizes this reintroduces itself into the body, it goes into your cellular memory and says, "Uh uh-oh, we recognize this. We know what this is. Mount up. Don't face that again. It's bad. This is why a lot of people don't die of the flu even though it's a new mutation every single year, there is a cellular memory of at least some artifact of the flu remaining in your body, even out of season, and regardless of mutation every year. So just because you may have gotten an antibody test six, eight, nine months after your infection, and who wants to lay money down that he never even got one of those? Well, you, want to, you think there's, that's probably not true? Yes. Yeah, probably not true. But again, let's just give everybody the benefit of the doubt, deserved or not. Uh, let's say you took an antibody test six, eight, nine months after your infection, and it shows, wow, your antibody levels in your blood are just not there or really low. That doesn't mean you're immune all over again, Mike. In fact, we don't have a single case, Mike, in the entire world of anybody who has been reinfected with COVID to the level they originally were once they had natural immunity. Let me repeat that. There has not been, and don't, and brother, let me tell you, they're trying to find them. All right. Whatever money Pfizer and Moderna that y'all gave them in the government budget, Whatever money they're not spending on their injections, trust me, they're probably spending an R&D trying to find one person that they can say absolutely had COVID naturally and had it as bad or worse a second time because that would be the greatest marketing pitch they could possibly buy. They'd love to find that. That person so far has not existed. So we'd have a single case anywhere in the world of anybody who was naturally infected with COVID, naturally immune, and then got infected a second time at the same or worse level of infection they had before. Doesn't exist anywhere in the world. Not one recorded case. Why? Because the body recognized it. It might be a new variant or mutation. The body went into its cloud immune system, cellular memory, and said, hey, we recognize this. We know what to do. We know how to fight this off. Whichever consultant who should have been fired uh, uh, three hours ago, uh, whichever consultant, Mike, told you that this was a great idea. And why am I crushing you? Because you're a leader, Mike. So many people respect, including me, most of the time. And so there's going to be a lot of people who are going to think, wow, if the guy with the 100% Liberty score is going to grab ankles for COVID stand on this, I guess that means maybe I should do that. Nope, you shouldn't. Any consultant who suggests this to you, 
you're fired. Do not pass go. Go directly to jail. Do not collect $200. You're fired. It's not just terrible politics, Mike, and it's really bad. It will have no effect other than you need to hope people don't see that, Mike. Because it won't have the impact and desire. Go back to talking about how glad you are your good friend Jeff Flake is the new ambassador to Turkey. That has far more political, shall we say, efficacy than that dumbass video does. And anybody else who follows in his footsteps, you have been warned. And I don't feel any sympathy for you at all at what's coming after you do that. And then, Mike, not only is it just dumb as turd politics, it's just not even science, dude. It's just not even that. It's just not even science. Can one of you, Mike, one of you, any of you, ask a simple question? You know, I, I, I boiled this down to three questions last week. Hell, man, don't say I'm not in a giving mood. Don't say I'm not pragmatic at all. Don't say I won't compromise at all. You know what? How about just one question? I'm in Chris Rock territory now. How about one question, one rib? Can I get one question answered? Can you ask just one question for us, Mike, when you're not done, you know, in between fetting your new ambassador of Turkey, Jeff Flake, and posting these dumbass videos that also deny every point of science and immunology we've ever known or discovered on this planet. Could you maybe ask a single question for us, Mike? You or any of your brethren. Why do you continue to ignore natural immunity and dismiss it? Here's why we need to know this, guys. For those of you that don't know why this is such a key point. Because this is going to tell us whether our vaccine program even has a chance of being successful, guys. Because we've hit a vaccine wall. And all of your threats and all of your pretended tyrannies aren't going to break through that wall now. What happened to that Department of Health official in Arkansas? Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's not even the appetizer. That's like we just walked into the restaurant. The anger is growing. And now CDC says in some places they're going to suggest you go back to wearing masks indoors. Like one of them, by the way, in your home, if you're someone with immunocompromised. I promise you this, your useless Chinese face diaper will work for you every bit as well this round as it did not the last one. I can promise you that. And I guess I owe Dr. Robert Redfield, the old CDC quack, I guess we owe him an apology, right? Last August, he sat there in Congress under oath and said that his useless Chinese face diaper would protect him more than the coming and glorious vaccine. It turned out he was right. This guy rivals Daniel as a prophet. No doubt. (laughs) Turns out we all owe, I mean, how much mileage did we get out of that clip, man? We must have mocked that, played that, quoted it as much as anything last year, right? I have foreseen. Indeed. Hot damn. It turns out he's a Gutston. He wrote the city of God of immunology, it turns out. See, the way a vaccine program works is it works in concert with natural immunity 
in order, and we usually vaccinate the high risk first because we don't want to risk them getting an infection the hard way because they're high risk. And so it works in concert with natural immunity to get us to herd immunity as fast as we possibly can with the least amount of loss of life. What we're seeing in the data is that these vaccines don't stop you from getting exposed or infected to the new variant. In fact, how do we know this? Well, just this week, the CDC placed Israel at a level three alert. That's its second highest warning against traveling there. Israel is the second most vaccinated country in the world. So be more like Israel, but don't go there. Makes perfect sense. See, the reason Israel is in this position is it did it wrong. It locked everybody down. So now the people with even strong health systems don't have a lot of built-in immunity to COVID. They don't have a lot of natural immunity there. They locked everybody down and then inoculated everybody, except it turns out the shots from Pfizer aren't inoculators. I told you this from the very beginning. Did I not say this? That if they did come up ever with a vaccine to this, it would be a therapeutic and it wouldn't be an inoculator like most people think a vaccine is, which is I get this shot and I don't ever get this. That's what most people think a vaccine is, right? Well, the data is showing you, and Israel is an excellent case, that is not the case. Death numbers, hospitalization numbers in Israel still remain very low. It does appear to be an effective therapeutic, but it doesn't appear to have almost any of the efficacy you were promised against getting exposed from an infection particularly with increased mutations. So Israel did it backwards. It started injecting people without really having any natural immunity built up whatsoever. And now what it's finding is it can't stop the breakthrough cases. And now it's on a level three travel alert. Don't go there, CDC says. All of you with an R after your name, you need to know. I tried warning you last week when we saw the polling that shows the, the va vaccine mandates and everything else being discussed are even more unpopular than the TARP. This is a different level. I've never seen a level of scrutiny, skepticism, or anger like this about anything in my career. Anything. Not even the last election. Why? Because there's a whole lot of people that are glad Trump lost the last election that are really dubious about this process as well. Go look at what the vaccine rates are in Wayne County, Michigan. Where, we pretty sure, where we're pretty sure they stole the election from Trump in Michigan. Go look at the vaccine, go look at the vaccination rates there. Yeah, you're going to find all kinds of those hardcore MAGA Trump voters who stole the last election from Trump in Wayne County. Ain't all that up on taking the shot, taking the jab. You're going to need to answer our questions. If you don't, the backlash, as the great prophetess Terry Hatcher once said, will be real and it will be spectacular. And it's already underway. 
Just answer our questions. Start with natural immunity and then work your way to why do you want to mask and jab our kids with all data to the contrary? Start there, Mike. Do that. Maybe earn the title of senator and I'll address you as that again maybe one day in the future. And so help me that go if I if 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 this goes to anybody whose first name is Ted, I see a similar video from him today. I already put him on blast last night. It was friendly because we're friends, but I'm like, don't, dude, don't do that. Don't do that. Get us some answers now. Or it's gonna get ugly. Real, real ugly. Gentlemen, your thoughts. How long have I been telling you about the magical thinking of vaccines? I can't reset that enough. I'll just be doing it more and more. It makes people crazy. You saw that with Mike Lee just now. That was not a man of sound mind and body. That is a man having a break with reality. And it's happening across this entire nation. We're dealing with mass insanity. That is what that is. You know, there are two, I think, two types of what's left of Americans. There are those who doubt everything they see because everything they see or have seen uh, has not been trustworthy. And then there are those that see the institutions, the figures that are taken over by the spirit of the age and think, I just disagree with them. Mike Lee in that video is the latter category. That's not somebody you want leading your cause. He may have a great voting record, but at the end of the day, he's looking this behemoth in the eye and saying, I disagree with it. That's not going to cut it. Michael Knowles will join us next. Stay tuned. The name of the book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. The author from The Daily Wire, Michael Knowles, joins us here on the program. And uh, Michael, it's been, uh, we've waited too long to have you on here for the first time, brother. How you been? I've been doing great. It's great to be with you, Steve. So other than virtually everything, uh, what made you and prompted you to take this on as a topic? Well, I had a, a bit of a personal reason, which is that my first book, uh, had no words in it. It was called Reasons to Vote for Democrats, a Comprehensive Guide. One of the best books I, I've ever read, by the way. I just want you to know that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It resonated with the American people. It became a bestseller. So I thought the only way to follow up a book with no words is a book that is entirely about words. And <laughs> that is what Speechless is. Also because it seems to me the manipulation of language is the primary tool that mm-hmm. the left uses to invert our culture. And this has been building for a very long time. I'll tell you, I didn't anticipate that uh, big tech oligarchs would censor the duly elected president when I set out to write it. I didn't anticipate that things would get so bad. I mean, it's obviously very good for book sales, very bad for the country. Uh, but I, I suspect that this is going to be the dominant political issue 
uh, for quite a while longer because th there's this sad fact that uh, conservatives have been fighting against political correctness for about 30 years now. I think it's been going on for about 100 years as I trace in my book. But th this, this strange phenomenon is that the harder we fight against it, the more ground we lose. And I think it's because conservatives have fallen for a trap uh, by PC. And uh, I think that unless we radically change course, we're going to continue to surrender more and more of the political order. I want to get back to how we radically change course in a second, but let's let's look to the past. We often uh, say on our show the answers to the future and the present can often be found in the past. History doesn't just repeat itself, it also rhymes, okay? And so um, when you look, I know you're a theology and, and, and philosophy and history guy. Agree or disagree with this statement. Whoever controls the flow of information in any culture ultimately has control. Speech is politics and politics is speech. You're 100% right, Steve. And it goes back to good old uncle Aristotle, who says that man is the political animal because we speak. That's what distinguishes us. We can talk and we refer to objective reality with these symbols that we call words. And that's how we govern ourselves. And if you can't do that, then you're reduced to the level of a grunting animal, uh, which increasingly is what our politics looks like, but it's not what it's supposed to look like. So absolutely, it's, if you control speech, whether you're a big tech oligarch or you're the politically correct wordsmiths uh, who work in our ed educational institutions and elsewhere, if you control speech, you're not just controlling one aspect of the political system, you're controlling the whole thing. I posted this as a Twitter poll of, of my following yesterday. We're going to do a bonus overtime segment for our subscribers here on Blaze TV about this uh, after our show here today. But I want to get your take on it. All right. And, and that is essentially, are we becoming China with gun ownership? You look at a social system that determines who gets, uh, who gets to speak and see truth. All right. Um, they have a social credit system. We have big tech. Uh, you look at a, a, an education system that is largely a statist indoctrination system. The idea of purging non-statist uh, or any non-statist dissent from your own military ranks, for example. I mean, I could give other other reasons and parallels, but I think by now the point has largely been made. Or maybe to be more circumspect, the 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 other America is basically. A, a, a China that at some level allows you to own guns. But really, what else? What's different in Portland, Oregon from, say, Beijing, well, China? The only correction I would have to make, Steve, is I'm not sure how much longer we're going to get to own guns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the ACLU, the supposed American Civil Liberties Union, just came out yesterday and said the Second Amendment is racist, and it's always been racist. And as you know, the word racist is now just a synonym for bad. It's mm -hmm. the worst thing you can be called in America. Also yesterday, PayPal announced that it's partnering with the Anti-Defamation League, a far leftist organization, to deplatform people from their financial system who are in any way associated with a hate group. And what is a hate group? Well, they defined it so loosely, it includes just about anyone to the right of Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. So now we're not just talking about being able to post your opinions on Twitter or Facebook or elsewhere, put a video on YouTube. We're talking about being able to access banking services. We're, we're talking about financial institutions. So yes, I look over at China and I say, those dystopian monsters, those tyrants, they have a social credit system whereby you can be ostracized if you in any way dissent from the dominant regime. Oh, wait a minute. Things aren't looking great here either. So let's double back now, or shall we say circle back uh, <laughs> on radically changing course. The, you used that phraseology a few minutes ago. What does that yeah. look like for our side? 
So I think that the trap we've fallen into with political correctness is there are two main ways that we respond. Some of the squishes just go along with the new politically correct jargon. Whatever the, the popular words are according, they're not really popular, but they are prescribed by the ruling elite. Whatever those words are, we'll just do it. We'll call men women and women men and, and whatever. Okay, so obviously that advances PC. But then there's the subtler trap for even the more stalwart conservatives, the ones who say, I'm not going to go along with your new PC woke standard. But in so doing, they will abandon standards entirely. They'll sometimes call themselves free speech absolutists or mm -hmm. purists or something like that. But, but the problem here is that political correctness sets out simply to overturn traditional standards. That is the aim. That is what the people who developed it said they were going to do, and that's what they've succeeded at doing. And so even if you say, I'm not going to go along with your standard, but you abandon standards entirely, even then you're going to advance the purpose of political correctness. So I think what the left understood much better than the right does when it comes to free speech and censorship is that PC is actually not a battle between pure free speech on one hand and pure censorship on the other. Actually, from the very beginning of the country, there have been whole swaths of speech that are off limits. Every society has standards. Every society has taboos. Really what PC brings you is a battle between competing sets of standards. And so if, if the right, if conservatives are not willing to offer a substantive vision of politics, we're always going to lose because free speech in the abstract doesn't mean anything to people who don't have anything to say. What you just described, brother, I, I think this is a tactical error that has been made um, uh, on the right on virtually every issue. And maybe some of it, yeah. I'm beginning to think some of it isn't tactical. It is, mm -hmm. it is a philosophical assertion. It's a worldview, meaning that, that um, I've not been properly catechized, to use a, a, a church term, and so my belief system is pro-America and pro-liberty and pro-freedom, but I don't understand or have rejected really any of the plumb lines or undergirdings of any of those things at all. And so then why don't we just have a total free for all and everyone does what is wise in their own eyes. Everyone does what he or she sees fit. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. That, that, you may think in your bubble that that is attainable, but the reality is, as you pointed out, the reason the spirit of the age is attacking our standards is not for sort of this amoral vacuum of moral free agency that you think is, a, is, is, is achievable, but it is with the intent of deconstructing our standard for the full onslaught and introduction of its own. Like we were never not going to have government involved in marriage. Government was either right. going to uphold marriage or it was going to redefine it. And we keep making this mistake over and over again. And, and I've come to believe, Mike, I don't think it's tactical. I think it is just a lot of our people on our side are instinctively opposed to the statism, but philosophically they don't understand why it's wrong. And so we just keep storming the Bastille over and over again. Let's fight the French Revolution rather than the American Revolution here. Right. Uh, but you, we have to remember, we're not anarchists. We, do, we don't want no government or super itty bitty government. We want limited government. So we want the, the government to observe its proper limits. But, but surely having something to say about the definition of marriage, surely that falls within those limits. Marriage is the, is the bedrock political institution. Every state in all of human history has had something to say about marriage because it has something to say about children. It has something to say about the way society works. And so when we, when we talk about cancel culture, for instance, Cancel culture is nothing new because all cultures cancel. We all think that certain things are so abhorrent that they should not be permitted in polite society. 
The question is, what are you going to cancel? In the 1950s, you would be canceled for being a communist. Mm -hmm. Today, you will be canceled for not being a communist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The canceling remains. It's just the standard by which one will be ostracized and canceled. What's the end game? The end game here is we need to be able to reassert a positive vision of society. And I know conservatives haven't done it for a long time. I suspect in some cases, as you say, Steve, it's just because they're a little bit confused and they've been brainwashed by a, a leftist culture. But in some cases, I think it's because they're cowards and they don't, they don't want to actually risk anything. There has been a, an argument made very seriously on the right that we need to permit drag queen story hour. Mm-hmm. Drag queen story hour is a, one of the blessings of liberty. <laughs> and you can hear James Madison rolling over in his grave at, at the very thought of that. Well, what, to, to take that argument seriously, what, what people are saying is if we stop perverts from twerking for kids at drag queen story hour, why they'll stop us from going to church on Sunday, right. which practically speaking, they've already been doing for about a year now. Mm-hmm. But, but even, even beyond that, if you're really telling me that we can't discern between a pervert jiggling for a kid and a pastor preaching the gospel, if you really think we can't tell the difference, then what you're saying is we don't have faculties of reason, we don't have moral judgment, and what that means is that we're not capable of self-government. <laughs> when John Adams says the Constitution's built for moral and religious people, that's what he's talking about. And so if, if we are not willing to make those distinctions between true and false and right and wrong and good and bad, uh, that's fine. We, we can admit that. But then that, what that means is that the left is going to run the culture. And if that is a moral equivalency, and this is what I've wrestled with the last few years, okay? And, uh, and the last few years have, have radicalized me more than I ever, ever thought imaginable when I got into this business. But essentially, that, if that's the social compact now, if that's the bargain, then I'm not a Tory anymore. I'm not a conservative anymore. I'm not interested in conserving that society. I want to defeat it. I'm a revolutionary yeah. now. You know, what I'm, 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 I'm interested in conserving things that are true, good, noble, beautiful. I'm not interested in conserving an arrangement that you get to, uh, you get to corrupt the children at the library every day of the week so that we can put them in a Sunday school one hour a week. I'm, that's not a social compact that I'm after. I, I, want, I want to defeat that society. This is a really important distinction because what happened and what I, what I trace in Speechless is you had a set of standards. You had a kind of traditional society. A, a, a lot of the radicals who developed what became PC said that the conservatives have cultural hegemony and we've got to upset everything and we've got to make every settled matter become political and open to public scrutiny. The second wave feminists did this very well in the 1970s. And so once everything's up in the air and unsettled and being debated, then we're going to resettle all the standards on our terms. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you've seen that happen over the last 50 years. So you're right. We are not defending or trying to conserve what has become the, the recently settled standards. We are trying to return to something that is more noble, more good, more true. That requires a, a serious vision of, of politics. That requires recognizing a transcendent moral order. That requires looking back to our forebears and, and saying they're not all evil, terrible, racist, whatever mm-hmm. term they're going to use, that actually we can learn something from them. It requires a little bit of humility if we want to, once again, just as the left did, unsettle their new standards and then resettle them again on lines that are much more conducive to a flourishing society. It's a number one national bestseller for a reason. The name of the book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, from Michael Knowles at The Daily Wire. Mike, uh, fan and respect your work, brother. Thank you for joining us here today on the show and appreciate the times you've had me on your program as well. Right back at you, Steve. Thanks for having me. You bet. Take care. If you uh, have not learned the lesson in the last year, I I saw something the other day that Anthony Fauci takes um, a pretty rigid 
regimen of vitamin D every day as preventative health. How many times have you heard him suggest that the rest of Americans do something like that? Never once. Never once. Weird. Folks, if you haven't learned now that even your medical system is corrupted by the spirit of the age to some degree, I mean, some things we can't do ourselves. Can you do open heart surgery on yourself? No. No. Can you repair a broken leg yourself? No. No. All right. So, so some things we're going to have to get professional expertise. But short of those things that are exceed our grasp, the more of your own health you can take responsibility for, the better. And it can sometimes be simple little products that can help you to do so. Like, uh, for example, a Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, it uses real USDA organic fruits and vegetables packed with antioxidants, all kinds of other things that help with heart health metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, plus it is pre and probiotic. Uh, and it's just one scoop. You mix it into any water-based drink and you're going to get more fruits and vegetables than the average American gets in a day, maybe sadly longer, uh, with just that one single serving. If you want to try it right now, get 15% off your first order with the promo code Steve at checkout when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Promo code Steve at checkout. Get 15% off when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. And again, that's BrickHouseSteve.com. Any thoughts in the conversation we just had with Michael Knowles? I think this a, a little bit, uh, talking about what was mentioned at the end, uh, a serious view of politics. I think a serious view of politics means recognizing what we are truly up against. Guys, about 25, 30, 35 years ago, before I was even born, guys like um, Bill Maher were saying most of the same things, for the most part, that they're saying now. Now... Guys like, and they were the worst of us. They were the worst of society if you were a conservative. Now they're like on our side, saying the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Part of having a serious view of politics is recognizing what we're up against. We cannot stare into the Leviathan, wherever that is. It's the spirit of the age. And just say of that spirit of the age, I just disagree. No, you don't disagree. You, you don't disagree. A, a, a nail doesn't disagree with a hammer. A serious view of politics means really understanding what we're up against and what it will take to excise that cancer from the body. Because before you can actually put forth and, and seriously put forth an actionable, positive view of governance and society, you have to get rid of the, the cancerous tumor that uh, actually brought you to the, to the place where you, where you have to return to that society. So I think that's I think that's part and parcel to what we talked about with uh, Mike Lee at the beginning of the show. I want to go back. That's very well said, by the way, Aaron, and reset something from the previous segment. Joe Biden got almost 70 percent of the vote in Wayne County, Michigan. Barely 50 percent of Wayne County, Michigan is vaccinated. Let me repeat that. Joe Biden got almost 70% of the vote in Wayne County, Michigan. Barely 50% of Wayne County, Michigan is vaccinated. That's why this issue has a level of spontaneous combustibility far beyond masks, lockdowns, even voter fraud. Because there's even people that likely were involved in the voter fraud that are not comfortable with these conversations and where this is going. Get us answers now. Threats won't work. 
Tyranny won't work. You'll just confirm suspicions and produce a backlash like you have not seen. Get us some answers. With Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can email the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also look for us uh, censorship-free on MeWe, Parler, and Gab. You can also get censorship-free clips of the show for free at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. And again, that last name is D-E-A-C-E. Finally, if you're a podcast listener, of course, we thank you. You were a big part uh, in this show's explosive growth here over the last year and a half. Please, we'd ask you just to do one more thing for us, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, hit the, uh, the, the subscribe or follow button, whichever is the case on your podcast platform of preference, and then leave us a five-star review as well. Uh, those things help the show to grow, and that's why we want to thank each and every one of you that has done those things for us already. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, we will get into some Pop Culture Tuesday, how what is happening in college football shows that the American worldview, in fact, a lot of this conversation may sound similar, just in a sports connotation, with what we just discussed with Michael Knowles. The American worldview across the ideological spectrum is just collapsing. And what's happening in college football is an example of that. And so we'll get into that coming up with Pop Culture Tuesday uh, a little bit later on this hour. Also later on this hour, some fake news or not. First, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar uh, because, Todd, you did get a chance to try it. You made the request yesterday, right? I did. Uh, and that would that was the lemon almond cheesecake uh, I- specialty flavor that was out for a couple of days last week. I brought one in for you. All right, give us the review, man. What's the word? Well, this is a flavor in theory that can bring out the inner dace sweet tooth in me. Mm-hmm. Um, it delivered. Just It just delivered. I mean, I like I said, I, I don't love cake, but I needed, I, I thought this is the one they're going to fail at. The, 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 you just um, wanted to test the, the spirits, man. Cake. I hear you. Yeah. It tastes, I mean, they nailed it. So this one, I wanted to see if they nail it, but more because this one I really love. I could eat this thing over and over again. So I just had my uh, dur- once per show during a break built bar last last break, and I had one of the lemon uh, cheesecake uh, almond bars. I'm still savoring on the tip of my tongue the aftertaste, like you would a good piece of like a yeah. lemon uh, meringue pie or something mm-hmm. like that. And and I'm like enjoying the fact that it's kind of staying there. You know what I'm saying? So that is just one of so many great flavors they have at Built Bar, all of them covered in real chocolate, uh, the absolute best protein bar you have ever had. There's, it's just, it's not, I would imagine in a family of, of, of athletes, you guys have tried a few protein bars yes. right? over at the Arizona household. Yes. Am I right that there just has never been a protein bar this good that's like this? I've had some of theirs just to try and I've never gone back to them. And yeah. this is different. Yeah, no doubt. And the nutrition levels, both protein, but also uh, the low carb, low sugar, locale off the charts you will not find a better product than this when it comes to not having to choose between health and taste 
test me on this, though, like Todd just did. Right? And I, I can't give each of you listening to us right now, the, the, the scores of you, a free one from my own stash. I don't have that many. All right. I can do that for Todd, but I can't do that for you. What I can do for you, though, is 15% off. I can do that for you. When you go to built.com, B U I L T for Built Bar, that's just the website, built.com, B U I L T. Use the promo code my last name, Dace, D E A C E, and get 15% off of delicious Built Bars when you go to built.com and use the promo code Dace. All right, really quick, before we get to fake news or not, and this week for fake news or not, we want to equip you on how to break down the news and to figure out how to, when we talk about, hey, chew the meat, spit the bones, what's that look like? We're going to walk you through that process with a very important story here in a few minutes. But Todd, I want to spring something on you okay. first. All right. A friend of mine, actually, it's a mutual friend of ours. Um, his son's a college football player. Okay. All right. And he transferred away from his school to get away from the school's uh, vaccine mandate. Mm-hmm. And yesterday he was given a note from his coach at his new school of what uh, that looks almost exactly like with the old school now is going to implement. And he said they suspect this is now an NCAA wide mandate. And for the non-vaccinated, basically you have to maintain the exact same testing regimen that went on last year during seasons where we had no fans or things of that nature. So daily antigen testing. Uh, and then even if it's a negative, you get a weekly PCR test, et cetera. You have to go through that whole rigmarole that you went through last year. And then there's, there's, they don't even guarantee for you that you'll still be able to play. There could be a point in time. They just say anybody that's not vaccinated won't get to play. That just, that's still open. So they're clearly trying to put the squeezes, the squeeze on you to pressure you mm-hmm. as much as they think they can possibly get away with without just having an outright mandate that might end up getting thrown out of a court, okay? Here's, though, I'm not as as terrible and heinous as that is for something that has almost no impact on people of that age group, let alone health uh, profile in particular. I'm I'm actually more, I, I zeroed more in on what they said about the vaccinated, The vaccinated will not have to be tested unless they were to display symptoms. And to me, this seems like a clear attempt to skew the data a certain way, to avoid embarrassing headlines like what the NFL is walking into right now, Mm -hmm. like with the Indianapolis Colts coach, fully vaccinated, tested positive. All right. Um, I mean, the NFL is is juggling hand grenades on this. By the way, if you're an NFL player, and I've had a few of you guys like my tweets or follow me recently, um, why do you pay any union dues? What the hell is the NFL Players Association there for, right? You know, mm-hmm. if they're doing this to you, but you know, the NFL's got this. They're they're essentially trying to you know do a one size fits all, and now you're going to walk into a situation where vaccinated players are going to test positive and they're going to miss games. So what are you going to do? Okay. They're not in the, the NCAA is saying they won't make the unvaccinated even test unless they show symptoms. To me, that's a clear attempt to skew data to show and try to improve all the more the efficacy of the vaccines. Because now you're, you're not, you're not just putting as bad as that is an extra onus on the unvaccinated to try to put the screws to them. But now it appears to me you're trying to 
you're trying to stack the deck from a data standpoint at the exact same time. So as a, as a, as a father of a highly recruited athlete at this moment, what are your thoughts hearing that news? Uh, the only thing you're wrong about is they're not even really pretending to deal with the data at all. This is just uh, their form of a leper colony. This is, you, if, if, if you're saying symptoms versus no symptoms, you're automatically making the data irrelevant because you are comparing apples to oranges. Mm-hmm. Why are, why is why aren't you interested in both when they have symptoms? What's the difference? Apparently, the implication is if you're vaccinated, you aren't likely as likely to transmit it. I don't know what they're, but, what data they we, have on that, by the but way. What we know, see, that's why they're not concerned. Mm-hmm. We know based on data that's not true. Mm-hmm. We, we know that now. Meaning, when we say that, Meaning that a break, we don't have any data that shows a breakthrough case with the vaccinated is not transmissible. That's what we mean when we say that. Okay. And why would we, if it's just, as you said earlier on the show and have been saying for a long time, it's just a therapeutic. Mm -hmm. That means it helps you from getting severe illness. It doesn't mean it helps you from passing it on. Yeah. And it's not. that, that, That certainly seems to be. See, the, the data that we the are seeing they keep doing about what's implied about all of this is that there's something uniquely scary about the unvaccinated it's not really about your health to them it's somehow inside of you this is magical thinking the the the, the virus comes from you that's what they're trying to to make you scared of. You're supposed to see somebody mm-hmm. and see disease, not mm-hmm. a human person. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. So it should be, yes, about, it, and if it had been all the way along about symptoms, and then when you get symptoms, what you do responsibly, if we really believed that, we would have been Sweden. But we're not, and we're still not. And we're not only are we not learning any lessons, we resent the lessons that are learned and then double down. That's what cults do. That's where we are. And that's why even if you fundamentally believe that vaccination, as broadly speaking as possible, is a good thing, you should still be terrified at what you're witnessing here. And yes, that's the double-mindedness I'm dealing with from weekend uh, with the euphoria of taking my daughter across country and being offered full rides in multiple sports to Division One power schools and then coming back to my day job and wondering if she'll ever get to do it because of the lies that you people believe. Aaron, you want to comment on that while I'm doing some math here for the show in real time to bolster this conversation? Absolutely. I, I mean, what we're witnessing here, and we just, we, we talked about this in the overtime. I don't want to bring up exactly what we talked about, but um, for a lot of people, for a lot of people uh, in, what is it, uh, about 50% of the country, maybe 40%, they have made either the calculation at best, I've had the virus, so I don't need the vaccine because I have natural immunity. Because they're critical thinkers on some level. Or at worst, which is where I am despite the fact that I too had the virus and I don't need a vaccine. And I keep using air quotes for those of you listening. 
I'm at the point now where I'm just saying no, because the more you cajole, the more you uh, dogmatize, if that's even a word, the use of the vaccine. Guys, the first few uh, items on the montage, the blue check mark with triple parentheses around his name to signify that he's of Jewish origin, wants to round up all the unclean people of society, put them on cry, uh, put them on trial for fake crimes for pretend crimes and then lock them away for a long time. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Cuomo says, hey, we got to go round up all the people and drive them and get uh, their, their arms vaccinated. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. It's more than a cult. It's more than a cult. Um, I, I'm not sure what it is necessarily, um, but it is definitely of demonic origin. And it might not just be origin right now. So, just to do some math on this, uh, yesterday, July 25th, was the 109th consecutive day that the United States was under 1,000 daily deaths with COVID. That's a nation of 329 million people, okay? So, it was the 109th consecutive day, less than 1,000 deaths. It was the 45th consecutive day that the country was under 500 deaths. Um, But get this, it also was the lowest daily death total since we started tracking the stat on March 19th, 2020 was, was July 25th. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. In the last, uh, on July, on July 10th, we had 24,600 and or, or 624 cases for COVID daily cases on July 10th, two weeks later on July 25th, or 24th, that number was over 60,000 daily cases. That is a 157% increase. Yeah. So in the month of July, when we hit the lowest number of daily deaths since we started keeping this stat on March 19th in 2020, we've also seen a 157% increase in cases. So what that tells you is at least implies strongly that the vaccines work and aid as a therapeutic on some level. And then we'd have to look at individual data and studies to determine what that level is, mm-hmm. but or on some level or how long it lasts, but on some level they do, we can't deny that they do on some level lessen severity therapeutically of an infection. And that and- data clearly implies that it also clearly implies that on, on, on a level they're not, they're not an inoculative protection against contracting the virus either. Okay. They're just not. And so again, we would have to do like hardcore studies or study studies that would look at questions like this, but there, I don't know philosophically what other conclusions you would draw from those two trends. Yeah. And so what's more dangerous, everybody being responsible for their own life, knowing the actual data, taking the protections they see fit or continuing to lie about the data, not only saying this works from a scientific perspective, but demanding at the point of a gun via government that everybody has to take this. Really, which one is ultimately more dangerous for the fabric of society? Uh, You do one when you're trying to unravel the fabric of society and do the other when you're trying to keep it together as best as you can. Yeah. 
Let's get to fake news or not. This is actually a great segue to it. Brought to you by Real Estate Agents I Trust. You know, if you're trying to sell your home, it can be challenging at any particular time, but especially in these unprecedented times. Bing. Uh, you want to make sure you can find an agent who will come in and take charge of your situation. Where would such an agent be found? Well, the name kind of says it all. You can find one at realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, this started as a grassroots kind of just a networking thing within the audience not just you know, it was just glenn himself his associates and then people in the audience like yeah we've had crappy interactions and experiences with real estate agents too and turned out you know there were an awful lot amount of really good real estate agents in this audience so we just started connecting people and it mushroomed from there to the point that just about anywhere in america you want to go we can probably find you an agent you can trust with a proven track record of success so again the website the name Makes it simple, easy to remember. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's play some fake news or not. I want to walk you through how we have to, I think, consume the news in our day and age. <clears throat> and I think that we need to remember as well, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel because this isn't going to be something that I just dissected on my own, but others in our audience that follow me on Twitter helped me think my way through this as well. So I want to share, I want to pass that favor on to you. Let's start with the story itself. This is the story from the NBC affiliate in Chicago, which says, according to the uh, Cook County Department of Health, or I'm sorry, the State Department of Health, 159 people have died since January 1 that were vaccinated, 593 people, People were hospitalized in Illinois that were vaccinated. All right, now here's on a you know on a meta level what that means. Only 2.3 percent of COVID deaths in Illinois this year overall were vaccinated people. Which, as we just pointed out with the trends, looking at what we saw in, in real time in the country, where deaths have greatly decreased while cases are exploding in the country right now would seem to suggest high efficacy in the vaccines as a therapeutic in preventing serious illness causing death however i still kind of think that hospitalization number seems a little high to me also we would need to see more stratified data to get a better risk ratio calculation, because not all of us are 79 years old, which is the median age of COVID death in America. Not all of us have at least 2.3 comorbidities, which is the average comorbidity of a death with COVID in America. And often that number goes as high as four, right? We're not, we're, we're, we all have our own kind of specific demographic and, and health profile. So we need some stratification to see, well, what's the risk ratio for me compared to somebody else. Now, hold on a second, Steve. Though. You said the average age of COVID death is 79. Median age. Medium age. But yep. the medium age of, of death, normally speaking, is 100 years old, right, Steve? No, it's 78.6. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, we've actually improved our COVID efficacy, death efficacy, to the point now that the median age has surpassed the life expectancy mm. in America. Interesting. All right? Yes. Now, somebody may say, hey, I thought you weren't supposed to die at all if you got the jab. I mean, we got to be a little realistic here. Nothing east of Eden is, perf is perfect. We do live in a sinful world. But assuming Illinois is presenting valid data, assuming Illinois is presenting valid data, 97.7 blanket percent prevention of death in real time is a phenomenal ratio. 
The problem with, with using that as the marketing technique is so much of what we talked about last year was based off of cases, 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 test everything, test everybody, right? And so now that's the, that's the, that's the plump, or that's the zeitgeist in the country is the case line. But 97.7% real-time efficacy as a therapeutic is really good. But that's not the whole risk ratio because we're still talking about a virus that right now, if you look at the current case fatality ratio for COVID, it's at a 99% plus survival rate, whether vaccinated or unvaccinated. And so we need a, a broader look at the risk at the risk ratio, which brings us to this. All right. Somebody asked me if the already low mortality rate is decreased by another 97 percent, then what is the remaining justification for lockdowns or other draconian measures? There, not that there ever was to begin with, but now there's really not. OK, I mean, I, this is an excellent point that someone raised. Um, I mean, if, 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 we, if the, basically the point is this. The, the case fatality rate for COVID, the current trend line, is, not, is 99% plus in America. That's before we stratify for anything. If that is the case, and then, the, and then already the current herd immunity level combined with vaccination immunity level means we've got a 97.3% efficacy as, as a therapeutic preventing serious illness, illness causing death in the state of Illinois, then on top of the already existing, uh, you know, CFR, why are we limiting, limiting anything on any level? You shouldn't be. That, that's a great question to ask. All right. And so see how we're reasoning through this now. All right. Here's another great question and great point that was brought up to me about this. All right. Uh, a Jeremy Oosterhouse. I didn't give you the last person's name because I could not possibly pronounce it. <laughs> Jeremy Oosterhouse says, but Steve, that's still eight out of 54 deaths reported for that period. That's just July 14th through the 20th. In fully vaccinated people, that's closer to 15%. Yes, see, this is some of the stratified data we're talking about. I mean, to go back for the state of Illinois to date this back to January 1, how many people in Illinois were vaccinated in January 1? 10, 15, 20, yeah. 100, okay? I mean, that's, that's intellectually dishonest. Okay. That's being kind. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's being kind. So you really want to know, because like yesterday, somebody emailed me and said, well, Steve, I divided the amount of cases by the amount of deaths, and actually I got a 1.8% CFR, and you're, so that would still be really good, but it's not 99% plus. And I said, well, you're looking at from the beginning of, of, of time that we started logging this. I'm just looking at the current trend line, right? And I don't really care so much that, because, you know, the, the, the CFR for COVID in America was four, five, six percent and well into last year. You know, I, I don't I don't need to know what the CFR for COVID was last year at this time when 30,000 people were going to die in July. I need to know what it is this year at this time when we might not even hit 10,000. Right. Yeah. So I want to know what the current trend line is. And that's how it works with this. When, the, when there's barely anybody vaccinated in January and February, you, those numbers are meaningless to you. You want to know what the numbers are right now. And in, in last week, July 14th through the 20th, fully vaccinated people represented eight out of the 54 deaths with COVID in Illinois, which is actually 15%. Now, 85% efficacy is still pretty good as a therapeutic, right? Yeah. But... Again, what is the risk ratio, though, for those that have already had COVID, for those that are not in a high-risk group? 
What's the risk ratio? See, these are the questions they don't ever want to answer. And our media, not even Mr. Ducey, who over there at Fox, who's trying to become the, Fox, the, the, the Jim Acosta of Fox in the Biden administration, not even he's asking these questions. We need, to, we need answers to these questions. We need the Mike Lees of the world to get us answers to these questions, not do any more hostage videos about the glorious vaccine when they've already even had COVID. All right, one more point here that I think we've got to make. When we start talking about stratified data, Alexander Rogers tweeted to me on Twitter. The question we must get an answer to or else we discard the data, what cycle threshold were they testing vaccinated people at? And what cycle threshold were they testing, testing the unvaccinated? If they were using a cycle threshold of 24 for the vaccinated and they kept it at 35 to 40 for the unvaccinated, which is what the cycle threshold has been for most of the last year and a half, then this data is a complete fabrication. He is, it's not a complete fabrication, okay, because we still have death data, right? But in terms of case data, then you're, you bet it is a, it, it's a complete fabrication. And the CDC has already, has already recommended that you have a less sensitive viral uh, uh, viral threshold or or testing standard for catching a breakthrough case uh, with the vaccinated than whether we catch a case with the unvaccinated, and so that's an excellent point that Mr. Rogers meant there or made there. I think, and I'm, I know this is going to take a lot longer amount of time. I mean, I get paid to do this, and I don't have time to do this with all these stories all the time either. I'm, I wish there was something I could do about that. There isn't. But folks, I'm just telling you the reality of the world as we sit here today. If you want to know what the truth is, you're going to have to do a lot more exercises of analyzing news in real time with you and your friends or your family, just like we just did in real time on this show. The days of just grabbing a headline or the top line and rolling with it are gone. Unfortunately, we're going to have to all kind of turn in to sleuths, analytical sleuths, when it comes to breaking down and receiving the news to know what's true and what is not. Gentlemen, your thoughts. And before you go, become overwhelmed by that duty, and it is a duty. That, listen, we're turning over new things every single day on this show, as are other people. But in terms of the conversation with somebody, your neighbor, somebody at the ball game, or having to go the next level and go to the school board meeting, you don't have to have all of it in, in ready-to-go talk show form to be effective. Because... Just one of these points is pretty damning in mm -hmm. and of themselves. Mm -hmm. Just go with one of them and build upon that. The entire tapestry of this whole thing is, yes, it's overwhelming for the three of us some days. It's overwhelming for Alex Berenson some days. There's a lot going on. Don't make that your burden. Just one, maybe two, three at most. And slay with that, because slay you will, because it's the truth. Yeah, agreed. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, you know, launching, relaunching um, Daily Defiance, as we did yesterday. Um, want your videos of, of you taking these issues to your local school boards, if they're, especially if they're thinking about reimposing mask mandates or forced vaccination or critical race theory, any of those things, um, you know, 
I didn't tell you what website to go to figure out when your school board meeting. You got to do some of the legwork on on all of these issues. And um, that's not to sound crotchety. I'm, it's not my intention. But uh, the, the the point is, is that again, like we said, the cavalry is not coming around the bend. It's not coming over the the hill over nope. there. It's you. It's you against the horde. And you know what? When you start standing up, maybe you'll find that there's a few more people who are who are courageous enough if you just start as well. So I think this this ties in very nicely with with um, trying to restart uh, daily defiance. Uh, again, just to plug that, if you have a video of yourself uh, or a family member speaking to your school board, I want to see it. Send it to me on Twitter at daily at Dace producer hashtag daily defiance or Daily Defiance 1776 at gmail.com. You've got to be able to, as Todd said, pick one or two, maybe three issues or three points on one issue and just run with that. It's really that simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. Sounds like, Aaron, we're back to, we're sitting here on um, July 27th and we're back to where we started the year. Mm -hmm. The answer is us. We're kind of absolutely. We keep coming back to that theme over and over and over again. We're going to have to take this upon ourselves. Um, that and and that's why one of the reasons I wanted to show this exercise and how I I do this professionally. I need people came alongside of me spontaneously and pointed things out that in real time I hadn't thought about and angles that needed to be considered. All right. Um, the answer isn't me. The answer is us. We're going to have to do this ourselves, yes, but together. We're going to have to do this together. More in a moment. Whether it's your back, those knees, your neck, your shoulder pain, if you've got chronic pain, you know, that stiffness, achiness that just won't go away. Chances are the underlying cause of all that achy stuff is inflammation. And you want to defeat that inflammation before it causes permanent or worse damage. And if you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory, that'll do just that for you. Backed by 35 years of clinical research, and then it's also backed by yours truly. Check out Omega XL because it will attack the inflammation that's causing your pain. It's part of my daily regimen. And now, if you want to make it part of yours, you want to try it, see if you like it. See if you don't see the same kind of results that I have seen. Uh, you can get buy one bottle, get a second one for free right now when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Omega, just like it sounds. OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Get buy one bottle. The second one is for free at OmegaXL.com slash Steve or just give them a call. 800-844-4888. Again, that's 800-844-4888. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. This is when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism and one of the most shocking sports stories in recent memory transpired last week because there wasn't even an inkling of it it just flat out just people were blindsided out of nowhere and this is the news that texas and oklahoma are leaving their conference the big 12 uh, and heading to the southeastern conference now texas is the number one revenue generating athletic department in the country and oklahoma i believe is eighth or ninth so neither one of these programs these university athletic departments 
are wondering where their next meal is coming from. They're, they're, they're doing okay. They're doing pretty good. Okay. They also were in a league that they completely dominated. They could do anything they wanted. The league would, any rule, it would let Texas have its own television network on top of it's the, 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 so the conference doesn't have a television network, but it gave Texas its own. I mean, they let these two teams because they knew how vital they were have anything they wanted. It still didn't matter. And those conf- those two teams have ejected on them now to join uh, a Southeastern Conference that was already a behemoth with names like Alabama and LSU and Texas A&M, but now even more so. I want to discuss this for a few minutes for Pop Culture Tuesday, not from the sports angle, because this these teams, it, it, I don't think it'll be till 2025. That's when the contract ends. My guess is they'll figure a way to start it sooner than that, but we don't. It could be not for another four seasons before we ever see those elite teams in that league. Instead, I, I think there's a broader worldview conversation to be had here. And I, I think this story indicates that the American worldview has collapsed, like entirely, like on every, like every side of the cultural divide. It's just collapsed. Michael Knowles and I were just kind of having a similar conversation you know, that the idea of let's just have no standards. A lot of people on the right, that's what they want to say. Are, oh, we hate the left standards. Let's have none. Well, okay, they're still going to do theirs. So they're going to still impose theirs on you, but then you have none. I mean, that doesn't work, right? What happened here is left-wing utopian institutions, awash, drenched in progressivism, the longtime head of Oklahoma University, a former Democrat senator, David Bourne, who passed away recently. Texas, Austin is, you know, considered almost its own community within the state of Texas. These progressive left-wing institutions just taught us again that human nature is not basically good, which is essentially their cardinal mantra. That's the number one assessment of their their worldview begins at human nature is basically good that's how utopia is achievable over the last uh, couple of years the commissioners of the big 12 and the southeastern conference have been working together on a new college football playoff format and the commissioner of the sec knew all along at least for the last six months anyway that they were working on bringing texas and oklahoma in and raiding their conference and taking them away and not a word was said Texas and Oklahoma provided really no heads up. They just had Big 12 media days last week. And just blindsided all of these partners. Blindsided them all. Why? Just to make more money. I mean, it's a lot more money, yeah. But it's a little bit like, how many more jobs does Texas need to import before you just turn the state blue because you brought so many blue state voters into your state and so they're the last three points that Beto needs to beat Ted Cruz next time, right? I mean, yeah, it is more money, but you're, it, Texas is pretty wealthy now, right? Yeah. So I guess you just make it wealthier that you get a Democratic governor, and it won't be Matthew McConaughey. It'll be a real Democrat. I mean, how much more money do you need? When is enough enough? Human nature doesn't ask itself those kinds of questions on its own. Human nature is unbridled. I go from, I guess to go for mine because you went for yours. And so you saw left-wing progressive academia 
their worldview collapsed on an institutional level just to pursue more money. Nothing more craven than that. But the worldview on the right, traditionalism, heritage, legacy, it collapsed too. Hey, making more money is more important. Oklahoma just left its fellow member institution, Oklahoma State, on the side of the road. Say it. We're out 5,000 G. Again, these were already top 10 money earners. These aren't, these aren't folks escaping Honduras to come to America. They just did this for a couple more pieces of, of a share price. Why? Texas has averaged seven wins a year this decade. Don't tell me this is about winning the national championship. Texas can't beat Iowa State right now. You're going to be the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth best program in the SEC tomorrow. No, no. This is just about craving money. And so tradition, heritage, legacy, gone. Out the window. Doesn't matter. There's no standard. Just like many on the right want it that way nowadays. No standards. We just oppose their standard, and then I can do whatever I want. That actually feeds the instinct of what we are up against. And so what we learned from, is, is, from progressive academia, human nature is not basically good. We cannot put a check and balance on our own craven desires and instincts, but we will follow them all the way to the end. And here's what the end could look like. It's on the table that you're looking at by the time this is all said and done, maybe 40, 50 teams play college football. Right now, there's 130 that offer full-ride scholarships to 85 players apiece. Let's, let's get rid of 60 of those schools, 70 of those schools, 80 of those schools. That's how many full-ride scholarships gone? And by the way, most of those full-ride scholarships, are they going to white kids in the suburbs? Where are they going to? Oh, well, much more diverse crops yes. than that. A lot, of them are, a lot of them are going to black folks, you know? So, huh. Don't they make up like, I think blacks make up like two-thirds of college football yeah. players or rosters across the country? So, all those scholarships gone. And then, then you shell, then you start slicing the scholarships at the universities that are still playing because it's all going to be pay for play. And I'm not, you know, I'm not paying 80 grand a year for the fourth string left guard to sit on the bench. I'm not doing that. So now we're going to have like 60 scholarships instead of 85. So now even at the schools that are going to play, here's more opportunities that largely go to minorities gone. And then women. Oh yeah, that's great. Women. Like you're a little interested in athletic scholarship opportunities for women right now in the years in household, right? Yeah. Yeah. So guess what they get to do if they cut if they cut the college football scholarships down to fifty five or sixty? Guess what they then they get to finally do? Get rid of girls. Get rid of girls sports now because now Title IX is not applicable. They just get rid of basically all Olympic men's sports. Get rid of them all, and then they get rid of a few of the women's sports too. They don't have to pay for those anymore because they don't need representation equalized any longer. And so now all of a sudden, because the left wing progressive institutions really truly believed human nature was basically good, they devised a system that get this will actually take agency away from minorities. <laughs> you know, like we've seen in every single country that has tried 
this level of socialistic communistic theorem the same thing happens every time because they deny the nature of human nature name image and likeness that yes oh but before we before we raise our noses on high here on our side oh nope truth's a double-edged sword brah when capitalism is untethered from anything of meaning or purpose, it'll become corporatism, cronyism, and then eventually devolve into robber baronism. That's what's going on here. So, I mean, if you're a Texas fan, I hope you enjoy. I'm, I'm sure you'll enjoy the press releases of earning another 20 or 25 million a year when you already were the number one athletic department. But that's okay, though. I'm sure you'll feel good. You won't be getting together with your friends anymore in your state who are Texas Tech and TCU fans uh, and watch games together. You know, that whole family tradition that made this whole thing on Saturdays, this ritual meaningful. Instead, you'll be sitting alone in your basement watching Alabama kick your ass. Go to watch that instead. But hey, yeah. it's cool. It's cool because your school got another $20, 25000000 million a year. So it's totally cool now that you went from ruling a power conference where all you had to do was get your stuff together and they would bend over backwards and let you win it every single year. But that's okay now, because now you're going to finish fifth. If Even if you do get your stuff together, you're going to finish fourth, fifth, or sixth. So, But I, hey, I'm sure you'll all run out and buy those t-shirts. Uh, made another $20 million in the SEC. It just means more. You're all looking for those shirts, right? Hook them horns, baby. Yeah, hook them, baby. <laughs> horns down, bitches. Yeah. I, I mean... This is the breakdown systemically of everybody's worldview failed. Everybody's worldview failed. We talk about heritage and legacy. You know what? I'm going to tell you this. If I'm one of those black players at the University of Texas, who's, and they're telling me I got to sing the, the eyes of Texas, I think the whole controversy is dumb, but just stick with me for a second. If I'm one of those black players at Texas and I'm not really comfortable singing the eyes of Texas, which is stupid, but okay, I'll just go with it. And now you're telling me that heritage... You know, you told you told me I had to go out there and sing it this fall because of heritage and legacy and tradition, right? Except now you're telling me heritage, tradition, and legacy doesn't matter. Guess what? I, I don't want to sing your silly song now. Oh, and by the way, pay my ass. Right? Right. Because if it's all just about me, then man, I got a lot more of the media on my side than uh, you whiteies and the coaching staff and at academia do. So let's make it. A, let's let's go ahead then and let's make it about me. How about that? How about you? How, how you like them apples? Let's make it about me then. Everybody's worldview here collapsed. Everybody's did because there, there was nothing undergirding either. It's easy to see why progressive utopian academia's worldview collapsed. It's built on a house of sand from the house of sand from the very first step. Human nature is not basically good, so it it was always going to fail. It fails every time we've tried it. But on the other side, history, tradition, legacy, when not tethered to anything, it collapses too. And instead, what happens is college football now becomes the Hegelian dialectic. The thesis and the antithesis, they've now merged into one. You can't tell the difference between the history, tradition, and legacy of the meritocracy that no longer exists. 
and the utopian progressive ideologies of the ivory towers. It's just all one. That's all that it is. And this is a cautionary tale. This idea that we're going to have uh, conservative trannies. We're going to have uh, conservative vegans. That one's really bad. That we're going to have... You guys get where I'm going. That's a joke. Okay? But as long as you just... As long as you join me in opposing the communism, the system, the statism, doesn't matter what else you believe, then, then, we, we, can, then we can just go for... No. Eventually, someone's belief system's going to rule. Eventually. You can join with people of other belief systems to defeat a common foe, but when that foe is defeated, then what happens? I'm all for strategic alliances, but don't lose your soul in the process. To the point that you start promoting the very value system, just a different, shall we say, variant of the value system you're against. Everybody, each side, everybody's worldview collapsed. And that's what we're heading for in our country. Without a recovery, a proper catechesis of what it means when your rights come from God. Without a proper understanding of what human nature is, what freedom and liberty, those words mean and what they don't. Eventually, we are just given over to our own desires. So uh, for you Texas fans, I hope the extra 20 million or so your athletic department will rake in that it doesn't need with a track and field uh, system at that school better than hell half of Division I's football stadiums. I hope you enjoy that money. As they continue to jack ticket prices up on you, to now finish 5th, 6th, and 7th in the SEC every year. I hope you enjoy it. Hope it was worth it to you. Any thoughts? Well, I've just happened within the last two weekends to be inside the soccer and track locker rooms at two Division I Power 5 schools. Uh, They're doing all right. They're doing all right. Uh, Which begs the question of, purpose all of this is ultimately fundamentally about purpose you come to the age of 18 that we picked an adulthood and this thing called university is supposed to be about the elevation of the human condition on multiple fronts just like the greeks did mind body and soul and then carry forward and do it again and again and again to see what the true limits of this thing called human achievement can be And if you turn this into anything other than that sense of purpose and create idols out of business or wokeness or anything like that, you end up breaking everything. May we pray that a phoenix rise out of these ashes because that's what it is. By the way, David Bourne just retired. Not of the permanent variety. (laughs) Wanted to correct that. John 3.17. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.